MSW Media. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Friends, it's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. Never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. Look, when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I suggest you give BetterHelp a try. I've been using it for the past year, and it's been tremendous. Lockdown did a number on me. I was feeling pretty low. Then I connected with a BetterHelp therapist, and well, I feel like me again. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WWD today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WWD. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. Well, this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Dan Dunn. And coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be talking to my old friend, Zane Lamprey. Well, he's certainly one of the more interesting people in the world. I don't know if he's the most interesting man in the world, but he's up there. Uh, Zane's got a new tour coming, a new Amazon special coming. And I went out and met up with him at a uh, lawless brewing company, a little craft brewery here in Los Angeles. So, Beer lovers, rejoice. We're going to be talking about beer on the show with Zane. Yeah. I went out there, had a bunch of drinks, a bunch of beer. And you know what I did? I never drink and drive. I tell you that now. Don't do it. I uh, went out there and I used a ride share. Now, I need to bring this up. I've been using Uber for a long time. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, everybody's going to have their horror stories, but I have been having the damnedest time with Uber lately. Weird. I'll give you the first thing that happened. Uh, a little while back, I, I was local here in Venice. I wasn't even going too far. And I couldn't get a, an Uber X, and I was in a bit of a hurry to get home. So I, I just got an Uber Black. And I say this because you're thinking you get the nicer car, you're going to get the, the full scale service. This guy had a beautiful Lexus. And he picks me up over by the beach in Venice. We're driving back. Now, I live in, on the east side of Venice in kind of a residential area. It's quiet at night and dark and quiet. So we cross over Lincoln Boulevard, which is the big, one of the big thoroughfares in Venice. And now we get into the, into the residential streets. And the guy just blows through a stop sign. 
And this is a dark street and nobody's on it. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe he, maybe he just missed it. It happens, but it was scary. But I mean, when I say blows through it, I he didn't even touch the brakes. He just went right through. Then we get to a stop sign. We're going to make a right. And he barely stops. I mean, barely stops. Just rolls through it, makes the right. Now we're going. There's another stop sign coming up. And he goes right through that one. Now I'm like, what is happening? And I'm, again, I need to stress this, my friends. This isn't like he's tapping the brakes and he's not even touching the brakes. He's just driving as though the stop signs are not there. Next stop sign, he does it again. And now I, I, I say something. You know, I say, hey, man, um, what's going on? You're, you're not stopping at any of the stop signs. And instead of being, oh, my, whatever, he turns and glares at me and says, what are you, a cop? And he had a, I'm not doing the accent. He was like, what are you, a cop? It was, a, I think he was a, a Persian guy, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Well, not that that matters, but I, I don't know why I'm doing the accent. But I said, you know what? Yeah, I am a cop. And he said, I don't believe you. Let me see your badge. And I said, I'm not showing you my badge, man. I was out with my friends. I don't have my badge. I don't carry my He said, all cops carry badge all the time. And I'm like, what? what the hell is happening right now? We're fighting about whether or not I'm a cop. And this is a few blocks from my house at this point. I'm probably about six blocks away. And I said, listen, man, I am a cop. And if you don't start stopping at these stop signs, I'm going to call you in on this. I have your license plate on here. I'm going to call this in and you're going to be in trouble. And rather than just be contrite or anything, or even if he thought I was full of shit, you'd think at that point, he'd just be like, I got a couple more blocks. I'm just going to drop this guy off. I don't want to get the horrible rating. The guy had a nice rating too. It was a nice car. He pulls over and says, no, you get out of my car. I said, you're kicking me out of your car. Yes. Get out of the car. Fortunately, I was only about three blocks away at this point. I said, fine, I'm getting out. And I got out. Crazy. I'm the bad guy. He's driving like a lunatic who doesn't think stop signs exist. And I'm the one getting tossed from the car. Strike one, Uber. What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? Now, the next thing that happened was even more egregious. This was insane. My cousin was visiting from New York, my cousin Chrissy. And we went out. Again, in Venice, went to a place called Hama Sushi. We had a little bit of sushi. And then we went over to the Venice Townhouse, one of my favorite bars. And we had a couple of drinks there. And then we decided we're going to go back, back to the house. And this is early, about nine o'clock at night. You know, we've been out for a couple of hours. You know, we had a nice buzz going, but nothing, uh, you know, we weren't stumbling around or anything like that. And uh, call an Uber. Guy comes and gets us. Seemed like a nice enough guy. Chatting with him a little bit. And this is a quick ride home. It's about six, seven minutes tops. And we're in the back. We have a little conversation. We, we get out. I give the guy five stars. I give him a tip. The whole spiel. Now, I don't generally pay attention to the emails from Uber or anything like that. But I, I did kind of notice the next day that there were two emails from Uber and not the usual one that recaps the trip. There were two. And it said something like, cleaning fee i know this sounds dumb that i didn't follow up and look at it more but it my cousin was in town i didn't I, I, we were going out we we're going to go to the beach or something so it just was there in the back of my head so now fast forward a couple of weeks and i'm going to pay my american express bill and then it popped back in and i was like i remembered it i'm like i wonder what that was so i look at my amex bill and there i see a 150 fee a cleaning fee 
Now, what the hell is this? I don't know. You can't call Uber, by the way. Anybody who's ever had an issue with Uber knows this. There is no number to call. You have to email them. So I do. And I ask, you know, what's going on here? And they write back and they say, I'm looking at the email now. We understand that this is not the experience you strive for. Allow us to explain. Please know it was observed that a mess throw up was reported during this trip. And we recently sent you an updated receipt to let you know about the same. What you're seeing is a cleaning fee charged to your account basis the mess. I don't know who wrote this, but they don't, not a great grasp of the language, which goes directly to the driver so that they can make sure their vehicle is clean before getting back on the road. Below is the image for your reference. Now, I wish I could show you this photo, but they, they sent a picture of a nondescript backseat of a car, but what is in the middle of the seat is n- unlike any vomit anyone's ever seen. It looks like a black ink stain or coffee grinds or something like that, and it's in a little circle right in the middle of the seat. <coughs> okay, you know what? Let me just, uh, this is what I write back. I said, you can't be serious with that photo, right? First off, it looks like crude oil or ink, not vomit. Secondly, there were two of us occupying both seats in the back of the car. So tell me how one of us managed to vomit this jet black substance directly onto the middle of the seat. Did we stand up, turn around and puke? If so, what was the driver doing while we pulled off that difficult maneuver? Perhaps we squeezed between the seats and threw up that way. Hmm. And miraculously, none of it got smeared, eh? And why didn't the driver take a photo of us stumbling drunkenly away from the vehicle covered in puke? Instead, he just let us deposit that weird black stain in his car, merrily go our own way, and then took a picture? What, later that night when he got home? Bottom line, what evidence do you have to suggest I had anything to do with that random photo of a stain on a random car seat? Better yet, do you have any proof that's actually a photo of the driver's car? But more to the point, I assure you neither I nor my fellow passenger threw up or otherwise did anything to that driver's car besides ride in it. I do not like being scammed, and that is exactly what this driver is attempting to do here. I've filed a dispute with Amex, and I assure you that once they see this quote-unquote evidence, they're going to back me up. And then I went on to talk about how much money that I've spent over the years and Uber, and, and I said, make this right or I will dilute, delete the Uber app permanently. I also threatened him to talk about it on the air, which I'm doing right now. Okay. So they write me back and they, uh, oh, now I'm losing the email. Anyway, long story short, they write back and they say, all right, they're taking it off my bill. We apologize almost immediately. And uh, great. Feeling good. Fast forward to like a week later, I go to order, get an Uber and it says I can't ride unless I pay the $150 that I owe. And I'm so I write them back and I say, look, here's the email where you told me you were waiving the fee. Oh, no, that ticket's been closed. You need to start a whole new ticket. Are you going nuts? Just listen to this. Are you going crazy like this? What the hell's going on here? Beneath his stormy surface flowed the warm tide of compassion and kindness. What the hell's going on out here? Ah, hmm. Better yet. You know what I give Uber? I give them a series of does. 
Doze! Anyway, I invite you to follow me at the imbiber on Instagram. Do Twitter too. I'm getting off there. I promise you it's coming, but at the imbiber on Instagram at WWD underscore podcast. Let's take a uh, quick break and we're going to have Zane Lamprey. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to do a quick uh, drinks of the week for you. Some stuff you might want to have drinking. All right. Stale is one of my least favorite words in the English language. It's a real blah word, isn't it? Stale rhymes with fail, which nobody likes to do, and kale, which nobody but weirdos really likes to eat. I prefer an antonym to stale, and that's fresh, as in fresh Victor, a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that really come in handy when you're having a little drinking sesh. See what I did there? Rhymes with fresh. Yeah. Anywho... Fresh Victor offers nine unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to tantalize any palate. I love them all, but my absolute favorites are three citrus and mint leaf, strawberry and lemon, and cactus pear and pomegranate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced, there's nothing artificial, and the mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to what we're drinking listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout enter promo code FVDAN20. FreshVictorDan20. FVDAN20. You get 20% off your order. Think of all the money you'll save while also becoming the envy of all the amateur mixologists in your neighborhood. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. So, almost four years ago, uh, June of 2019, I launched this podcast, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Your timing was impeccable. Yes. And the, my very first guest uh, is the man sitting across me right now. And what, what number am I now? You've been on numerous times since. No, no, but this, but is, this is episode 221. Perfect. Full episodes. Perfect. Uh, Mr. Zane Lamprey. Wow, that's impressive. How are you, man? Great. Good to see you. Have, uh, you, have you not missed a week? <laughs> I've taken, yeah, I mean, what is it, 221 over four years? Uh, yeah, we don't maybe one or that. two off. Plus, we do the thing called Three Minute Bartender, little bonus episodes. We've been doing those. But got you here. We are at Lawless Brewing Company. Under a ruse. Under a ruse. You said that you would come and do my show. Yes. And then you somehow have usurped yourself into the position of now interviewing me, what feels like still my show. But it's my show. Which, yes. by the way, is called uh, Crafts and Crafts. You can check it out. Just Google <laughs> Crafts and Crafts. Crafts, the letter N, Crafts, where I sit down with a different guest every week, and we drink craft beer, and we do arts and crafts here. And I'll at, be on there in Lawless June. Brewing. I'm told my on, episode's going to be in you'll be June. On the, you'll be on in some, at some point. So Lawless Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, we just, our, our man Josh here has been... Uh, giving us some great beer. This yeah. is down, I guess this neighborhood. Josh is a scientist. North Hollywood, this is where we're at. Very right? much. We are yeah. in the NoHo Arts District. Right NoHo now. Arts District. Uh, a, a, a fantastic building, Beautiful. really cool looking spot. Uh, we got several beers in Parking. front of us. We've got NoHo Boho, Yuzu, don't know what that says. Yuzu the Force. 
the f- oh oh you it came out on May got yeah, it May Dankershim which is Lankershim's Boulevard by here Boulevard's right here it's and right then invasive the parrots so people don't know you probably know there are parrots that were brought to don't Cal- tell me about that you know about it right I, yes but they, I would say that their their origins are mired in uh, uh, misconceptions well like, how how did it happen all right let, let me yeah. let, let me say there are parrots here in I've only seen there, them there, in Malibu, so, so but are, I guess they're are, here. There are th- three species of parrots and, and a parakeet. They're all green, yeah. and they live in Los Angeles. And if you're not looking for them, you won't see them. And if you are looking for them, you won't see them. But, but every now and then, you will find... Like, I was in Pasadena this weekend, and I saw a tree full of them. And one time I was in this neighborhood. My buddy lived in this neighborhood years ago. And I was sitting in his house, and I heard a parrot. I looked up in the tree, and it was full of these beautiful green parrots. And I had just moved here, and I was like, Los Angeles is magical. But so, to be clear, Zane, parrots are not native no. to the United States, period, right? Mm-hmm. Or to North- No, that's not necessarily true. But, but uh, because there, I think there's parts of maybe Texas and, and Florida where they are endemic. But... Uh, they're not native to here, and but they but the climate and the food that they're able to get probably because of people and and bringing in like some of the the, the plants that they're able to eat like mostly fruit. That is they, that what they eat? Parrots? Fruit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know the if you've ever seen the this is super inside baseball, but like if you ever seen those trees with all the the prickers on the outside, you couldn't even lean against it. I, I, literally on the bark. Yeah. It's it's, it's a, clearly a non-native tree. And that has fruit that they love. So they, they move around depending on the time of year with what they eat. But they are, there are thousands and thousands of them. How did they get here? So at some point, there was uh, bush gardens in the valley. And it had rides. Amu- amusement, amusement park. park. Okay, and it had yeah. rides and it had a zoo. And one of the things these people say is that someone let the birds go knowing, just letting them free rather than be- them being transferred. Other people say it's just over time, it's just pets that have gotten out. Uh, and then there was, you know, a rumor about a zoo. But regardless, there's, there's definitely thousands of them. And if, if you spent the day looking, you would find them. Yeah. In, in the valley, uh, Beverly Hills, Pasadena. Um, well, you know. certainly in Malibu. If you go hiking yeah. in the Malibu canyons, mm-hmm. you'll see them a lot. But I was in San Francisco and I saw a tree with 50 of them. No so I don't know if they move back and forth, but like this weather is great for them. So this beer, yeah. invasive, invasive parrots, uh-huh. is one of the expressions that they have here at Lawless. Uh, fantastic spot. So why Zane? Uh, Let's talk about me. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like you're. So you've been doing over the last few years. Oh, you've. Uh, pivoted. Zane hosted three sheets, and this is all stuff we've talked about before. Three sheets, drinking made easy. Uh, uh, was the brewer chug. chug, and then four sheets. But you you pivoted to doing live shows, and as someone who's done them myself, well, you're doing them better, right? So what I've pivoted to doing is is stand up. Yeah. So I, but uh, let me let me say this: the show I went to, yeah, which was it, when a couple of years ago, exactly. The we, uh, yeah, you've it was it was. Fantastic, but it was but it was, it was very conversational. Uh huh. Yeah, where you yeah. and you brought everybody in. And yeah. you, you you are a great storyteller. So by the way, got- so the show that he saw, you can see on Amazon. It's called Tender Looks. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch yeah. it for free. And so that was the first special that I did. That was last year. Then I have 
since then done a completely new year, over 130 breweries this year, or this since that last special. And my new special, I'll be shooting at Golden Road Brewing, probably in the past. He will have, so when this show drops you, it'll be three days after you take Oh, that. got it, got yeah. it. So help me with tickets. And when will, that, when will that come out? Uh, that will come out this summer. Um, and that may be called Live from Golden Road. Probably that's what. And Golden Road's a, a big craft brewery big here craft brewery in California. In, yeah. uh, in, in Huntington Beach is where yeah. we'll be shooting that, and so that is more of that's a little bit more of stand up than than maybe what you heard before. But the thing is, is like I had I had two hours of stories, you know. Yeah. And and every time I go out and I would tell these stories, I would get better at telling them. I went on tour to to do stand up, and I started in storytelling and my style is still a very storytelling uh, style but it's but you're it, not a you're not a setup punchline setup or, or no, are you doing that now? no nobody is okay that's not how that's not how stand-up's done really these days yeah um i mean it's more observation and position and tag whatever and so i am doing that so there are some things that 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 might appear like that but there's not a lot of like ba dump bump kind of comedy going on everyone Everyone or most people have kind of turned to storytelling, um, character, uh, just just having a perspective or point of view rather than, hey, remember that, you know, take my wife, please. Like that kind of, like, no, that's all like, that's OG. So, so you know, we talked about this, uh, I think, before. Christopher Titus started off as a comedian and he was, he was a joke teller and he just, he was very good, but he never like popped. And then he came on my podcast years ago and he was saying that like the minute he popped, is when he stopped telling jokes and started being real. Started telling about himself. Like, if you've watched, have you watched any of Mrs. Maisel? Yeah. And, and so what she's doing is, 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 is a little bit more modern, I think, than what they would have done back then. But she's taking things that happened to her, and then she's, she's kind of using the stage as, like, therapy or, or to talk about issues and whatever. So I, I think that that's more of where it is these days. But anyway, yes. Interesting you're bringing this up because your episode, the episode you're listening to now, is on the heels of last week's episode, which was the live show that we did at the Stan Comedy Club in New York City, which... To me, didn't go well. The last time you did a live show, I was there. You were on it, which also didn't go well. Jeff Dye was there. Who was the woman on it? Kim Congdon. Kim Congdon. And Nick, you. Nick has a thing for her. And I, you and I have a long history. You and them did not. Did not. And, and you went up and told a joke. Let, I don't, let's not, I, let's, I tried let's, let's stand not say, up. Let's not say, well, you did, and you've done it before, and people, <laughs> I think people have told you not to do it. <laughs> Dan, Dan so. was going around. We went to. Uh, the well, this is what I wanted we, to get to you about. Well, let's yeah. say we went tales, tales of the cocktail, and Dan had to do like a quick little introduction to this guy Gaz Regan, like a, a legend in in the cocktail world. And Gaz uh, recently had been battling with cancer, so Dan wrote a, a cancer joke, and everyone he went to is like, "What do you think about this joke? This cancer joke?" Everyone he said it to said, "Don't do it." And Dan's like, I think you're all wrong. He did it, and it, like, whatever. Yeah, and, no. and then, and then you told the joke when you opened up. What was well, the I joke? Did, I, no, I thought it went okay. No, no, Gaz was on stage. I was, I was giving out an award, and then the award I was giving out, it was called the Spirited Awards at Tales of the Cocktail, mm -hmm. was the best new product. So the first joke I said was, I've been doing this so long. When I started out, the best new product was ice. Okay. Funny, right? Ah, then I go sure. ish. Then sure. I go, when I started out, and Gaz is on, Gary Regan, Gaz's nickname was on stage, and he had just had the throat cancer, and he, he, they took out half his throat, but yeah. he knew. I, I cleared this joke with him okay. first. 
And I said, when I started off, Gary Regan still had a throat. And the whole crowd went, oh! And I was like, what, too soon, too soon? Uh, guys, it's fine, his throat's fine. He sucked my dick backstage. And then and he was like, oh! And I'm like, okay, gotta go. So this is my stand-up. He ran I, that by everybody, everybody said no. And he asked Gaz, and Gaz was like, no, go ahead, do it. But I asked you about the pedophile jokes, and you said you shouldn't do them. That's, and I did I them, did, I and did they say bombed. that, for the record, I wanted to just And then out. I doubled down. Mm-hmm. A month later, I did a show in New York, mm-hmm. And did the pedophile and jokes I again? You, I told you not to do it. Do you want to? Do you want to? How did it go in New York? Terrible! Terrible! It bombed. That's the only way to learn. The thing is, he's not a comedian, and he, he, and he just goes up there and he like wants Tries. to. Da- he wants to dabble. Yeah. But he also doesn't want to learn from his. But mistakes. this is what I want to ask you, Zane. Please. When you were doing this, when you're getting your mm-hmm. sea legs, mm-hmm. and you're doing. Did you have that feeling at all, where you're where it's not going well? And how do you handle it? Because I just had this last week, and it—it's a. I'm not. I've been on Conan. I've done things. You—you—you've you, been on TV. We've both done a lot of that stuff. I too did Conan. Dan. But when you're on, when you're on a stage in a comedy club, mm-hmm. and things aren't going well, I don't care how self-assured you are, how confident you are. However, when when you start to bomb, it's panic. It's sheer. Panic. Have you experienced that? I mean, you seem very smooth when you're up there. No, I mean, Did you have that happen at no, all? No, I mean, honestly, the short answer is no. It, it didn't happen. But when I feel that that I've, if I ever lose the room, like or that or that I'm in the process of losing the room, like losing their attention and they're just not whatever, I have some things I can go to that I know will like pop them back in. So like, okay, the show that I'm doing that I'm performing on which is now set. Which will already happen, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I've done that set 130 times. So you're not feeling pressure? Because it's for Amazon. Yeah. Do you feel it going in? Like, are you, like, feeling like, I've got to kill? I do think about that. Like, literally, that'll be the conversation, like, in my head, like, in the shower. And then I'll just kind of shake it off and just, like, hey, go have fun. Because the thing is, is, like, that's my room. And that's my room in a, in a lot of regards. Like, it's my room as in, I I've, I've, I've paid for this room. It's filled with people that I know are there to have a good time. I know how to like, if I ever bomb, if I, or if I start to go that way, I'll just laugh at myself and people will laugh at me laughing at myself and then I just move on. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I see how I could let myself be consumed by it, but I, but I don't. But I know, I just know because a lot of the jokes that I've done, a lot of the stories that I've done kill and I know where they kill in that story and I'll just... I'll basically like, all right, this, this bomb. Like, I had one last night, and I, I said something to the woman, and she just kind of interrupted my story. I just, and no one knew this. I just went on to the next story. Because it was like, I'm not going to fight you to get back to it. I'm just moving yeah. on to the next one, because I know the next one always ends big. And then I just kind of did that. Do you, feel more, do you feel more comfortable now doing the live, the onstage stuff, than you did doing the stuff that was on TV? Or is it, I mean, obviously there are different things, but... Do you prefer one over the other? Where TV, it's like, cut, we can do it again, blah, blah. Or do you like the energy that you get on the live? I like the energy that I get doing the live shows. But honestly, what keeps me going is knowing that I'm, I'm preparing, I'm working towards, like, okay, so like, the answer is that I'm working towards a new hour, that, a special that I'll put on TV. So when I lay this down on May 13th, then we go into the editing process and like that those jokes they are done they're dead to me i know you'll never do those again 
I what I'll do is I'll probably so I, I will I will start to push them out. Like the, the jokes I did in the first special, there's a few that like are really quick ones that I can get a laugh, and sometimes I'll bring them back just for fun. But like on on the 14th, literally the day after the special, I will start to outline my new show, and I will and I have a lot of it written. Now I'll just start and I will just start putting that into my brain, and then that's what I'll work on. So then when I go out and do my first show, which will be in Minneapolis. I will, I will probably be about 50% or 60% the show I did at Amazon and 40% new stuff. Okay. And then by the end of that run, which is five weeks, I hope that I'm at uh, 80% new stuff. So the Amazon show that you record, do you let an editor go in and do a cut first? I, or the, are you, you're, you, it's you. Yeah. So you're, you don't want to have somebody else sort of go and... I don't, I mean, I don't mind it, but... I, I'm like I'm an editor. I, I I know what works. I think I can look at everything you know subjectively or objectively, um, and then once I have a cut, I will share it with people. You know, I'll share it with Greg. I'll share it with Nick. I'll share it with Shane. I'll, I'll share it with you. I'm like guys, give me some notes. What do you think about yeah. this? And then people will kind of chime in and like whatever. And like okay, make some changes and whatever it is. But like it is what it is. I have I'll be doing two shows. I'm doing a five o'clock and an eight o'clock, and at the end of the day. That's all I have to work with. And you cut that together into one show. Like, you're, you're going to pick I'll, the best I'll from... I'll Frankenstein yeah. it. I'll Frankenstein it, yeah. Do you ever think, I'd like to get back on TV? I'd like to get another show? Um, I would like to get back on TV. I would like to have another show because of what having a show affords me. And it is... I, I, I love to travel. I love to explore and everything like that. Like, you know, truth be told... I probably had more fun off camera than I did on camera. I had a lot of fun on camera, but I, but I really had more fun being like, hey, let's go check out that temple or let's go check out this waterfall. Like, all right, and then the crew, we just leave our stuff and we go off and do that kind of stuff. Like, that's kind of what I miss is just like meeting the people and traveling around and whatever. Like, the, the shooting was great. It was an honor, it's a privilege, it was, it was amazing. Um, but, it, you know, it was also a lot of time away and unless it's on... Unless it's on one of the big four, right? Like Hulu, Netflix, uh, Amazon, Peacock, and what else? Apple, HBO, HBO but they're not going to do a show like exactly that. Yeah. Right. So, so if, if 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 I was approached by like um, you know another, I probably the only other one that I would consider would be like Freebie because it's part of Amazon and I know they would promote it. Other than that, like I'm not going to go and do it for like a small network and and because I did it. I did that with, with four sheets. Take my time a year to go off and do this thing that at the end of the day, no one's going to see. Like, it's just... I, it would I, seem like Amazon would be a good fit because... I think so. You're already, a, you're already doing stuff with them, but you're, you're in a... You found a niche, which I think is, is fantastic, where you're doing these shows in craft breweries like the one we're in now, Lawless. Yeah. I'm curious, you've been to so many. Can you give us a, like a handful um, of places? You, you told like, me you were going to ask me this that question. You, that you think would be like just, yeah. what are some of the breweries around the country that just jump out to you that if people could go check those out, they should absolutely go there? You know, I, I get asked this a lot and I absolutely struggle with this answer. And I mean, my response is like, they're all different. They're all special. Like it'd be asking me, like asking me to pick a favorite sibling. Is it my brother or my sister? Yeah. You know? It's my sister. 
My brother's, like an, brother. my brother's an asshole. But we'll How about to, New York? Pick a place in New York you've done a in show. In New York State? New York State. I've done so many there. Um, we went to school there, Syracuse, right? I went to Cortland College, south, in, south of Syracuse. Yeah. So um, you've done any shows up in that region? I've done one in Syracuse. Yeah, Buried Acorn. But the thing is, is like, yeah, I can, I can tell you the name of a brewery in just about every city that you mention. Because I've done the show 236, last night was 236 Let's try times. it. Okay, go. Let's try it. Here we go. Denver. Pass. <laughs> Miami. Uh, what was the one we did in, in Denver, the one we just did? We did, we did, uh, dry, dock? Dry, we did dry Dock, but then the most recent time we were there, we did the other one that was, um, they closed down for the night. Um, dry Dock. Dry Dock. Good beer? Great beer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mm, Detroit. Detroit. Uh, we did Downey Brewing uh, there, which is in Dearborn, just outside of Detroit. And then this time we're going back to do a place called Dragon Mead, which I'm excited about. Dragon Mead. Dragon Mead. Okay. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, Yards, obviously, oh, is a great place yards, to go yeah. have a beer. Um, we uh, did a place called the Broken Goblet okay. as well. Uh, no, Broken, he was doing this. Broken Bat is in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, where we were going. Broken Bat. Yeah. How about Phoenix? Phoenix, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Arizona Wilderness Brewing. My buddy John Buford owns it. It is amazing. It is, it is incredible beer and an incredible vibe. I, I love it. I love what they're doing. And, and they, they are, like, one of the only, like, Businesses, let alone breweries that I know, that like when they say that they are like green, like they are fucking green. Like they like grow their own hops and they take their spent grain to like, I mean, like they go above and beyond. Okay. Yeah. How about Las Vegas? Any breweries there or no? Las Vegas? I mean, we did one at a at, uh, craft house in Henderson, which is just outside there. Um, and then um, I've been to a few there. Can you, there's one. Yeah, we did, we, did, we did a show at the House of Blues last time we were there uh, in, the, in the casino. But uh, the, um, uh, Abel Baker is a okay. great brewery in Las Vegas. Do you feel like, for me, I would if somebody asked me where, what state has the most, would it be California? I gotta, okay, I got to ask this question, and someone said, what state makes the best beer? It was like a person in the audience said that I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't. Not best beer, the well, most. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just the most saying. Crap, and and I've brought this up a few times, and I don't think it ever resonates. Like, what state makes the best beer? I'm like, I can't even tell you what city. I can't even tell you what brewery makes the best beer. Any brewery that's been around for five years is around because they make good beer. Either either they did it right off the bat, or they didn't, and then they figured it out because the craft community, the craft beer community, came together and helped them figure it out. And now they make great beer. Like everyone's out to make great beer. I guess. What we, what we, what I guess question? the question would be this: If somebody was coming to America and they didn't, they'd never been here, oh. and you could say oh, one okay. one place where you would have the most multi, you know, the multitude of, of it had to be California, right? San, San Diego. There's craft breweries yeah. all over this state. All over the though, state. Right? But, yeah. but if you're going to go one place, I'd say San Diego. And is then just... what about on the East Coast? Would it be New York or would it be? No, it would not be New York. Not New York. Uh, it would probably be, um, I mean, Philly, Philly's pretty good. Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, Pennsylvania, I think. I mean, Penn Philly itself is an amazing beer town. Yeah. Right? It's not so much, we've talked about this, I think, in the past, not so much a craft cocktail place, this is a beer town. Mm -hmm. uh, probably the best Belgian beer bar, I think, in the U U.S. is Monk's in Philly. Okay. Yeah. But just in terms of like a state Bur where you Bur could Bur go. Burp Castle in New York's pretty good. Yeah. So... It's, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's yeah, great. I yeah, think it's great. Yeah. The I don't, lane. I don't want to fight with you. The lane you've gotten yourself into with this is perfect for you, man. Like okay. you're, you're doing these things. It's a very entertaining show. Uh, when is the Amazon, the next Amazon special coming out? It'll come out this summer. Go to zanelamprey.com. That'd be my name and the .com thing at the end. And come support a local brewery because if you are listening to this and you are in the U.S., I'm doing a show near you. Okay. Come uh, for a night of, of great beer, uh, fun comedy. Dan says it's more storytelling than stand-up because Dan hasn't been to one of my shows <laughs> in quite some time. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it is, it's always an amazing time. Last night we were at Thousand, Thousand Oaks, California, Tarantula Hill. Sold out a show up there, and it was just, it's just fun. It's fun, and we're drinking beer, and, you know, it's my job to, to keep the party going. And, 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 and every night we do. It's good to see you doing this, man. It's good to see that. The it's good, shit, to, see you. You, it's good yeah. to see you alive. Good to have you on. I, I lost and again, the you're my Can't believe you're you my first 50. guest, the first guest we ever had on this show. Two twenty one. And, and I've already decided I whenever I decide at, to I end it. Four forty two. When I decide to end it, you'll be the last guest. I, I promise you I that. I appreciate uh, that. Zane Lamprey, where do they find you on the social media? Is it Zane Lamprey? Everything's Zane Lamprey. Everything's when Zane Lamprey. You have Lamprey, a name like that. Find him there. Yeah. Uh, you got the you got the clothing line. Yep. You got everything going on. Your life is good. Life's good. You rescue a lot of animals. I do. You got well, a beautiful my, my wife. My wife does. Yeah. Got a. You got she's a good a, life, my friend. Let, let's cheers and and thanks to our friends here at Lawless. Yeah. For having us out, we'll okay. be right back after this break. Zane Lamprey, everybody. Think they're going to make us pay for this. No, I don't think so either. Cheers. You know my favorite rabbits of all time are Bugs Bunny, Thumper from Bambi, Roger, Peter, the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, and of course Velveteen. In case you're wondering, no, I don't like the Energizer Bunny. Not one bit. It's all amped up and banging that goddamn drum all the time. Don't keep going and going and going, Energizer Bunny, please. Just stop. But I digress. For as much pleasure as my favorite rabbits have provided me over the years, none has made me as happy, and by happy I mean tipsy, as Rabbit Hole. Yeah, that's what's up, Doc. Rabbit Hole's bourbon and rye recipes are totally unique, and they were created by their founder, my friend Kave Zamanian, who spares no expense in making great whiskey. Kave and his team have their own cooking methods and use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter. They use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which nobody does. Nobody, except Rabbit Hole. What you end up with is a line of bourbon and rye with these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. With all due respect to the famous rabbits that hold a special place in my heart, I'm here to tell you unequivocally that none of them get me hopped up. See what I did there? Like Rabbit Hole does. It's my go-to American whiskey. And you know what? You should make it yours. So at the top of the show, I promised you a Drinks of the Week segment. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's. Drinks of the week. Jazz hands. Yeah. All right, we're going to start off. This is a little unusual. I got a, uh, an Instagram message from a guy named Josh Grab, who's a listener of the show. Hi, Josh. 
And he uh, told me about a product <clears throat> that him and his uh, partners make called uh, High Tide. Now, High Tide is a premium cannabis-infused margarita-ish. Let me get into that in a second. All right. Tell you right up front, it's only available in Massachusetts. So apologies to everybody listening everywhere else, but hopefully they keep growing and weed keeps getting legal and eventually High Tide makes it to a dispensary or store near you. But right now, only Massachusetts. And what's interesting about this is I tried it while watching my beloved 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, get the shit kicked out of them in Game 7 of the basketball series by the Boston Celtics. Boston, of course, being in Massachusetts. I'm drinking this Massachusetts-based product, but I will tell you, it helped take the sting off the loss, the, the little weed in there. All right, so when I said it's a margarita-ish, it's not really a margarita. You can't legally sell a product that mixes cannabis and alcohol in the United States, So it, but it tastes like a margarita. It's got some THC in there. I believe it's five milligrams of THC. Gives you a cool little buzz. Um, I tried the classic margarita. That's the one I was drinking, I think, when I knew the game was over. <clears throat> they they make that with, it's all natural ingredients. Key lime, agave. There's a hint of rosemary salt in there. Again, five MGs, a THC. Ooh, I felt good after I had that. Listen, listen up. That was my skull. I'm so wasted. Um, and they have a couple other. Get a spicy Diablo and a watermelon uh, flavor as well. High Tide. To get it, find out where it is, I mean, in the uh, in the Massachusetts area, you're going to go to drinkthetide.com. Don't get this confused with Tide Pods. Don't do the Tide Pod Challenge. The Tide is the high tide. Get it? Drinkthetide.com. Thanks again, Josh, for sending it to me. It made it tolerable, the loss, the Sixers. God, being from Philly, it's a rough place. I mean, I, I know, and you're probably thinking, screw you, we were in the Super Bowl, we were in the World Series, we were in it, but we lose so much, so much. I did, a, I did some math. The major, the four major sports teams in Philadelphia, it's pretty incredible, have it exactly a 25% success rate in championships in history. Eagles have been in the Super Bowl four times, and they've won it once, 25%. The Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers have all been in the championship exactly eight times each, and they've each won twice, 25%. Or a 75% failure rate, if you want to be a glass half empty type of person. All right, anyway, high tide. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> it's good stuff. If weed's not your thing and you don't live in Massachusetts, you don't want to be restrained by that, how about a little wine? I had a couple of um, <clears throat> a couple of good rosés uh, I tried in the last week or so. I want to tell you about those. Vranken Palmery is the name of the estate. I tried one of their wines called Chateau Le Gordon, and that's L-A-G-O-R-D-O-N-N-E. The expression is called Verte du, du Terroir Rosé 2022. Just this light pink, 
really fresh citrus notes, uh, some ro- red fruits on the nose, very fruity, but but crisp uh, rosé, which is how I like them. Kind of thing you would eat with like a, you know, meat and cheeses, maybe some spicy foods. $19 a bottle for that one. Also tried a Franken Palmery Pink Flamingo Gris Rosé, 2022 as well. a bottle. Oh, I liked it. Uh, Intense nose. Got some berries and peaches and apricots on there. The mouthfeel. Just very well-balanced rosé. Again, when I say this, Vranken, it's V-R-A-N-K-E-N. Pomery, pink flamingo gris rosé. Try them both. Both under $20. Can't beat it. They also had another one. Um, the also the Chateau Le Gordon, the La Chapelle Gordon Rosé. That's a little bit more expensive. That's $28 a bottle. A little bit more finesse to that one. Some delicacy, some smoothness. Ooh, just a long, pleasant finish on it. Again, finesse is the word that's coming to mind. Also got a little bit of wild strawberry sorbet flavor in there. Just something refreshing to have in the summer. So... To recap, if you're in Massachusetts and get stoned, drink the Tide, baby. And if you're everywhere else and you don't want to get high and you want to get wine, check out Frankenpummery. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank my dear friend, Zane Lamprey, our first guest, perhaps our final guest whenever we wrap this thing up. It's going to happen. One day I'm going to decide I don't want to do this anymore. But not anytime soon, because I really do love it. Next episode, we've got golf legend Annika Sorenstam will be with me on the next episode. And then after that, our friend Claire Copey from Psalm TV is going to be here. We're going to do our summer wine extravaganza. Probably going to be a two-parter where I'm going to tell you about a bunch of wines you should be drinking this summer. And uh, as always, folks, thank you for spending time with me. I know you got a lot of options. And the fact that you've chosen to listen to this podcast means the world to me and everybody that works on it. Follow me at the imbiber on Instagram, WWD underscore podcast on Instagram as well. And how about the guys from Goodfellas to take us out? He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, let me understand this because I don't, you know, maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny.